Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1. What I want us to do this morning is I want us to go back in our minds to that time there about 5 B.C. when Joseph and Mary were planning their marriage. And Joseph was of Nazareth. If you remember, Nazareth was in the northern part of Israel, just west of the Sea of Galilee. And it was there that Joseph was a carpenter. Very likely his father was a carpenter, as they would teach their children their own skills. And Joseph there was working in the carpenter shop, uh, caring, you know, building things. You think about, well, what would a carpenter build in those days? Well, very likely they, he was involved in building doors for houses and maybe the window frames for houses and uh, cabinets and furniture and gates and all of those kind of things, as well as things for the farmers as they would build um, the yokes. You know, they'd have to handcraft these yokes for over the shoulders of the oxen and it had to be all handcrafted so the carpenters were involved in all those kind of things. So this is Joseph's task. And Joseph there, a young man, he's engaged to a, a young woman named Miriam. Now, we all know her as Mary, but you look up the word and you'll find that it's Miriam. And so Mary, we'll just call her Mary since that's what we all know her by, but Mary, this young woman, is the one that he's engaged to be married to. They're excited about this. Their plans are coming. And typically in that day, the engagements were a year long or thereabouts. And they'd have these long engagements so that the the groom could go and prepare a house for his bride. And so during that year, he's busily, actively preparing or building a house for his bride. And then once the year is finished, then they would have their marriage ceremony and they would come and they'd live in the home that he'd prepare for them. But during this time, one thing that's a little bit significant about the Jewish engagement compared to ours today is that once they were legally engaged, they were considered husband and wife, even though they were not living together and though they had not completed their wedding with the marriage ceremony, they were still considered by people as to be husband and wife. And the only way to break that engagement was through a divorce. And uh, that's when Jesus was talking about divorce in Matthew, and we're not going to get into that today, but he was talking about the fact that divorce was legitimate during the engagement period if one of the two of them were unfaithful during that engagement period before they had come together then they could be broken off and so joseph and mary were engaged in preparing for their wedding and then sometime before the wedding we don't know exactly how long i suspect it was several months before their wedding day was planned that mary revealed to joseph whether she actually told him herself or relayed the message to him she said joseph I saw an angel the other day, and the angel told me that I was going to be, I was going to conceive a child and bear a son. And that son was going to be the Messiah. And you know, you picture yourself in Joseph's situation. Joseph's thinking, all right, Mary, I mean, I love you, and I know you're a good woman, and you wouldn't lie to me, but you look back in history, I, I did a little bit of digging. And I discovered the last time in history, as it's recorded in the scriptures, the last time an angel appeared to a man with an information was 500 plus years earlier when angels appeared to Zechariah. Now, I know that the angels appeared to uh, Elizabeth's husband, and you know that, but that was just 
months before this, but I'm talking about the recorded times. It was a long time. So it wasn't like angels were just showing up every day and talking to people. And so for Mary to say, you know, I saw an angel and the angel told me that I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah and I'm, I'm going to be expecting this baby. Joseph said, what am I going to do now? This is not normal. And so Joseph then, he's, he's shocked with the news and it's difficult to believe, and we can certainly understand why that would be a shocking situation. And so it's good for us if we read Bible stories like this to put ourselves back in their shoes and think about, what if I was Joseph? What if we were right there with them? What if it would have taken place? What if somebody came to you and told you this kind of a, what appeared to be a far-fetched story? And Joseph's thinking, you know, Mary... That just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And so he's troubled by all these things. And with all those thoughts in mind, that brings us to our text here this morning. And I want us to walk through the biblical events of Christ's birth there with Joseph. And so as we see here in verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, his, uh, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And we'll just stop there for more to pick up there in just a moment. Joseph's crushed. So the first thing we see here in Joseph's mind, he's crushed. All of his dreams, all of his hopes, they're planning on getting married in just a short time. He's excited. He's working on the house. Maybe he's got the house mostly done. I don't know how close it was to the end before they were getting married. It could have been, you know, I, I suspect, it depends on when she told him. You know, she went down and visited Elizabeth and spent three months with Elizabeth. And she went down there, according, as you look at the chronology in the scripture, she went down there shortly, right after the angel told her she was going to be expecting. She went down to see her cousin Elizabeth, spent three months down there. Maybe she didn't say anything to anybody until she got back. All right? So if that's the case, she's three months pregnant by the time she gets back. And she, Joseph finds out about this. But we don't know. The, the timing involved there doesn't really matter. But we know that Joseph was devastated. All of his plans, all of his hopes, you know, this, this, he, in, deep down inside, Joseph knew one thing for sure. The baby wasn't his. He knew that for sure. And so he was crushed and devastated by all this. It was not a welcome news. And though it was not always obeyed, you read back in the Old Testament, back in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 22 and verses 20 and 21, and you'll find that when there was a young woman that was engaged to be married, if she was unfaithful during that engagement, what was the penalty? It was death. The penalty was death. Now, the Jewish people, by the time of, of uh, Christ's birth, they were kind of getting slack on that, and they weren't always obeying those kind of things. But that's why it says here that he could make a public example of her. He could bring it out in the open. She would be publicly shamed at the very least and could be put to death at the very most. And so it was a very severe thing. And Joseph was thinking, I don't want to do that. He loved Mary. He, want, he was planning to marry her. She was, just, she was going to be his bride in just a short time. And now it was all caving in. Everything was falling apart. And he's saying, what am I going to do? He was absolutely devastated. 
And as he thought on Mary, Mary was an exceptional woman. Not just because she was a virgin, because every young woman was supposed to be a virgin before they got married. But the fact that she was a rare gem. She was a very godly woman. And she was a virtuous woman, a prudent one woman. And even God says in Luke chapter 1, verse number eight, uh, 28, when the angel was speaking to Mary, he said to her, he called her highly favored before God. God looked down on this young woman and said, there is a woman that is living the way I want her to live. She is a highly favored, God-fearing, godly woman. Joseph had a gem. He had a prize. And now all this was crashing before his eyes. And he's thinking, what am I going to do? I don't want to divorce her openly, because if I do, then, then she could be shamed or even put to death. And I certainly don't want that. And he's broken inside. He's wondering what he's going to do. All these emotions are just churning in his heart. He is shattered by this news of her dream. And it was a very devastating time for him. And God knew he was going through all that. You know, as we stop and think about this, we need to remember there are times when you and I will go through devastating events in our life. It may be the death of a dear loved one. It may be a, a broken relationship. It may be something just tragic. Maybe it's the devastating news of bad health or whatever it may be, but there's some kind of devastating news that comes to us. We're going to face those kind of things. We've probably, many of us already have. And when those kind of times come, we need to remember to do what Joseph did. Now, God doesn't give us all the details here. He's only given us, in a few verses, events that took place in a much more detail. But as you think about this with me, Joseph was facing this devastating decision. And as he thought on these things, God sent an angel to talk with him. And that was wonderful. Verse 20 again. And while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is, think about this. God cares about those times when we are feeling devastated over some problem. Joseph was at, at probably the lowest point in his life. His dreams of marrying this beautiful woman that he loved dearly, and it was only months away, he was excited about it, and now all this is shattered before his eyes. And he's feeling like he's going to have to put her away privately. He doesn't want to make a scene of it. He's just going to say, all right, Mary, listen, it's over. We're done. I cannot marry you because of you've been unfaithful to me, and it's, it's not right. I can't. We're going to have to break it off, and it breaks my heart. I can't stand that. He was torn up inside. It hurt him to have to do that, and yet he knew nothing else. And then God, in the midst of all that, before he actually does that, he's pondering all these things, all these thoughts. You can imagine as he lays on his pillow at night, tossing and turning and thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't want to lose her. I don't want to leave her. But I can't bear the thought of marrying her with somebody else's child. I can't, I can't do that. And he's devastated. And he's got, all these things are going over in his mind. And they're churning and eating at him. And he's beside himself. And then God steps in and gives him his word. And says, Joseph, it's okay. She's telling you the truth. It's not a made-up story. She is... Con- 
has conceived by the Holy Spirit. She is going to bear the Messiah. Go ahead and marry her, Joseph. See how God just reached down there in a loving, tender way in a moment when he desperately needed that? I find that exciting to see that. That God stepped in. And, you know, though we cannot see it, as Joseph is pondering all these things, I just imagine in my mind, and and I don't think I'm stretching it, I imagine in my mind that Joseph, as he's pondering all these things, he's on his knees before God, and he says, Oh, God, I've got to have help. I don't know what to do. She is my precious bride, and I want to marry her. And now she's telling me that you sent an angel to her, and God, I can't imagine how that could happen, and, and I need your help. And I, I, I can just see Joseph pouring out his heart to God and pleading with God and saying, God, would you help me? And you know, that is exactly what we need to do in times like that. You get devastating news, what are we supposed to do? We need to get on our knees before God and say, God, I need you. I need you, God. You read in the Psalms, many of the Psalms, the psalmist David would pour out his heart to God and say, God, the enemy's after me. They're chasing me. They're about to kill me. God, I need you. Would you please come to the rescue? And that's exactly the situation we find here. Joseph is not, his life isn't threatened, but his whole career, his whole future, his whole, his heart was broken and he was devastated. He needed God's help. So folks, listen. The next time those devastating things crush into your life, you need to get by yourself. If you're married, your spouse is on your team. You need to get with your spouse and just say, listen, we need to pray. We need to pray. And you get on your knees before God and you pour out your heart to God. You tell God the whole story. Ask God for help. What has God promised? He said, Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He said, I will meet your need. I will be there. When father and mother forsake thee, the Lord will lift you up. He said, I will be there during those difficult times. Depend upon me. And God says that if, if we will come to him, he will strengthen us. He will help us. He will sustain us. And he says, wait upon the Lord and, and he will meet our needs. And so we need to come to God. And that's what Joseph, I believe, did. And he's devastated by this, and God shows him his word. Now, God's not going to send you an angel tonight to help you figure out how to fix your problem. But God has done something even better yet. He's given you his word. And folks, we need to make this our daily feast. You know, if you haven't been in the Bible every day this year, I encourage you to determine your heart with God's help to begin the new year right. And say, I'm going to spend time every day in God's Word. I'm going to feed my soul on God's Word. I'm going to learn from God's Word. And, it, you know, folks, it doesn't matter whether you read through the whole Bible in a year or whether you, you spend a year studying one book. But if you go over it and 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 you master it and let it soak in and put it into your life and apply it, it'll make a major change in your life. One of the biggest reasons why Christians struggle is because they don't spend time with God. And so Joseph here, he heard from God, and we can hear from God through the Word. And God said, Joseph, she's telling you the truth. Go ahead and marry her. And notice Joseph's response. It's amazing. He, he hears this. God tells him these details here in verse number 20. Verse 21, he goes on. He says, And she shall bring forth a son. Now shall call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. 
For all, uh, and now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet uh, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us." So Joseph hears all this from the angel from God. Same angel that spoke to Mary comes to Joseph and tells him the whole details once again, just like was told to Mary. And Joseph gets this information. And as we look at this, note carefully what he says here. He says, Joseph, fear not to complete your marriage. You are engaged to this woman. She's the one I chose for you. She's the one I have for you. Don't be afraid to, to finish the wedding. Go ahead and have the ceremony. Don't wait until the day you were planning. Do it right away. You marry her and take her to yourself. She needs you right now, Joseph, probably more than any other time. You know, you put yourself back in that kind of a situation. And, you know, you ladies can maybe picture this better than us guys. But here this young woman, you know, unexpectedly, without anything that she had done wrong, she is told by God that she's expecting a baby that's going to be the son of God, the Messiah. And in those days, it was shameful. Not just shameful, it was also a death penalty, if they followed the law, for her to be in that kind of a condition prior to her marriage. It was, it was so it was a devastating thing for Mary, too. It must have been terribly hard for her to tell Joseph or to, to have Joseph told uh, to think of saying such a thing, knowing that it, she was condemning herself by saying that, but what she could cook, what could she do? She couldn't hide it much longer. And so she's in a bad situation. And God says, don't, don't be afraid to marry her. Don't be afraid to complete the marriage. And he, he said, God says, Mary has conceived by the Holy Spirit. What she told you is true. It's true, Joseph. And he, God says that Mary would have a son, and notice what he says here in verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And what's that word, next word? Thou. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He said, Joseph, it's your job to call that child's name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. The word Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. And he says, you need to name that child Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, for he shall save his people from their sins. This is the Messiah, Joseph. This is the long-awaited-for Son of God. This is the one that has been talked about through history uh, uh, and, and, and prophesied many times. This is the one. And your Mary is the one I've chosen to be the mother of that child. And you are the one that I've chosen to take care of that child and treat him like your own and to rear him as your son and to take care of him during these times. And so Joseph, he said, don't be afraid to do this. He said the angel said that Mary's pregnancy would be fulfillment of the prophecy. You see there in verse number 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. That was a prophecy made by Isaiah over 700 years before. You can read that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. For 700 years, they've been looking for that time when the Messiah would come, Emmanuel would come, God with us would come and live among men and become the Savior of the world. They were looking for it. And now it has come to pass. And the angel said, Joseph, this is 
This is what took place. Mary is expecting, and this is the situation, and she's going to bear the, the Christ child. And this is a very blessed, pr- precious thing. And so don't be afraid to take her to yourself and marry her. It was a difficult time for them. No doubt it was a time of frustration in several ways because for Joseph to marry her, even later on, remember in the Pharisees when they were mad at Jesus? What was one of the things that they said about Jesus when they were mad at him? You're born of fornication. Now where'd they get that? News had traveled. Way back to these days, they were... They were thinking that Joseph was really the father of Jesus. And that it was all, a, this whole angel story was nonsense. He was just the son of Joseph. They, were, they had committed fornication before they got married. And you're not going to fool us. We don't believe this angel stuff. And so that was the common belief among many people. So there in those little villages, people, you know, everybody's related to everybody and everybody knows everybody. And to have Mary expecting a baby and they're not married yet and all this is going on and the gossip's running all over the place, it was not a happy place. It was not a comfortable place. There was a lot of hardship on Joseph and Mary. And for Joseph to jump in there and say, all right, I'm going to take control of this and we're going to get married. And everybody's saying, yeah, 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 we know. <laughs> and they tell the angel story. Say, oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. We don't believe that story. And so Joseph and Mary are facing all this ridicule, all this sarcasm, all this shame there in the village. It was not an easy time for them. And yet God tells us here that the angel... Uh, by the angel that Mary was going to give birth as a virgin. And the virgin birth assures us that Jesus was God and not just human. He was, he had no human father. His name was Emmanuel. He was God with us. And if Jesus was not the eternal God, he could not provide for our eternal salvation. You know, there are those that teach that Jesus is a God. He's not really the God. He's just one of the little gods that are up there. If that was true and he was not eternal and he was created by God the Father, then he could not provide my eternal salvation and he couldn't provide your eternal salvation. He had to be able to die an eternal death in some miraculous way to pay for all of my sin and all of your sins. He had to be God. And he, he is assured to us that he is God. In this text, and being God, he was able then to die on the cross to pay for those sins. And later, after Jesus was born, remember the announcement to the uh, shepherds, and we looked a bit of it on that Friday night. But in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11, it says, And the angel said unto them, talk, talking to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Savior. The Savior. Now, Joseph, how is he going to respond? He's had this dream too now. Tells him all the same kind of stuff. He sees this angel. How is he going to respond? Well, Joseph responded in a very positive way. He believed the angel's words. Look at verse number 24. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. What an exciting phrase. Joseph didn't say, I don't believe that. That was crazy. I'm not going to believe that dream I had. No, he says, I believe. 
I believe Mary's telling me the truth. It is true. She wasn't cheating on me. She's been faithful to me. God has given her the babe, and it is the Messiah. And I believe. And he rejoiced in that, and he took Mary, and he, 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 they had their marriage ceremony, and they were married, and he brings her to, home to him. You know, I don't think, I think right at that point, Joseph said, listen, Mary, there's no sense in us waiting until the day that we had set aside for that. We're going to get married right away. Tomorrow afternoon, we're going to get married. Nobody's going to want to come anyway. We're just going to get married, and we're going to have the ceremony and finish it, and you're going to be my wife. You're going to come to my house. The house is almost done anyway, and you're going to come home with me. And he did that. He fulfilled that. And the gossip's running all over the place, and people are saying bad things about them. But Joseph says, I don't care. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what God told me to do because God told me that was right. And, you know, there's an application here for us as well. There are times when we face things that are, it's where we're, we have to take a stand. And it's not easy. You know, maybe you have to take a stand against some problem that is taking place uh, at work, or uh, you have to take a stand against a family member that is siding in the wrong way and doing the wrong thing. And we have to be in a help and encouragement, and we have to make a choice and a decision. And so when those kind of things happen, what are we going to do? You know, maybe it's a stand for purity or a stand for holiness. What are we going to do? How are we going to take care of it? Well, the right thing to do is to do as Joseph did and to obey God and to do what's right. Joseph then was committed to a duty. All right. Joseph had said, I'm going to take her, and he's, go- he's committed to his duty. And he knew that he had a job to do, and he kept Mary pure until her marriage. You look at verse number 25, and he knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. He had taken her home. They had married. They had been living together until she, they, they traveled down to Jerusalem or Bethlehem, you know, and she has the baby down there. He's with her. He's taking care of her. But all during that time, the scriptures say he knew her not, but kept her pure until her marriage day. That, you know, God gave him special grace to be able to do that. And God records this for us. Why? To once again reassure us that Jesus Christ was a virgin born. He, he was born of God. It was not something that that it was human uh, fornication or something of that nature. He was born of God. And God gives us his assurance to strengthen our faith and to help us. And, you know, after Mary's birth, she and Joseph had normal marital relationships. You know, some religions teach that Mary remained a virgin until she died. They don't read the Bible. The Bible very clearly tells us that, that uh, when they, even Jesus' enemies were scoffing at Jesus, they said, is not this the carpenter's son, the son of Mary? And his brothers, uh, we read there in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, it says, and, and this is the carpenter's son, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and his, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. It says sisters there, there's at least two of them, so he had at least six Half-brothers and sisters, at least six, maybe more, depending on how many sisters he had. And so God tells us that, that uh, Joseph took care of her. Joseph called Mary's son Jesus, just as he was told to do, just like the angel said. And then as you look forward into, the, into this picture here, he took her, you know, th- I'm kind of, the story, sorry, it's, it's kind of jumbled here to get all the details in. But uh, Joseph and Mary went down to Bethlehem. All right, so before Christ was born. And 
they traveled down there. The long travel journey it would have been two, three days at least uh, for them, especially in her condition. You know, can you imagine traveling a, a distance like that when you're, you're nine months pregnant, expecting the baby any time? And to travel like that was not an easy thing. But Joseph was forced by law to go down. Whether Mary was forced by law, nobody really knows. Some people say she was. Some people say she wasn't. Nobody really knows for sure whether the women had to be there or not. But Joseph did. And he wasn't about to leave Mary. And so he says, sweetheart, the only thing we can do is go together because, you know, I can't leave you. And it could be that he didn't want to leave her because of, of her condition could be that he didn't want to leave her because of all the, the scoffing in town. Uh, we don't know all the details, but he said, I'm not going to leave you. You're going with me. And so they went down, to, probably took extra long traveling down, got down to Bethlehem. And it was while they were there, and we don't know whether it was that very, very night or what, probably very shortly after that because they're still staying in the, the uh, stable. Uh, and she brings forth her son, and Joseph's there to help her and care for her and, and to uh, help her with the delivery. And, and the babe's born, and they're excited about these things that God has done. And then you have all the excitement of the angels uh, sending news to the shepherds, and the shepherds came in. But, you know, you think about, did they know, did Joseph and Mary know that, that uh, they needed to be in Bethlehem for that birth? Well, they knew that it was the Messiah. They didn't know that. God had told them that. And if they were familiar with the scriptures, which they probably were, back in Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2, they could have read these words. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that which is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth has been from of old, from everlasting. So they could have known and I could just see in Joseph's eyes the glimmer. Maybe he had just gone to the synagogue the week before and, and he said, Mary, I just read. I just heard. I just, someone showed me the scripture, whatever the case may be. He said, remember that verse back there and, and it, that tells us that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? Maybe that's why God's sending us to Bethlehem. Maybe. And, you know, you just you can imagine the thrill that would be in their hearts to think, we're going to Bethlehem. And that's where the Messiah was supposed to be born. And you've got the Messiah in you. And he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And the excitement that could have been there through that, it could have been a very exciting, thrilling time for them. But even though it was a hardship time, it was a long journey, a difficult time, and then they get down there and there's no place to stay, and they end up in the, the only place they could stay is in, in, in with the animals and, and, and laying in the manger there with the straw and the hay. And, you know, and, and that's not all bad, but it's not exactly the place you want to give birth to a babe. Uh, and so they, it's there that Christ's child is born. And why would God choose such a place, such an event, for his son to be born? I only have one explanation. So that he could reach down to simple people like a farm boy like me and save my soul. What if he had been born in the palace and only the elite could reach up to him to be saved? We'd be out of we'd be lost behind. But he reaches down to the simple so that all of us can be saved. And he's born there in the stable. And Joseph's caring for her during all this time. And after the shepherds visited, we read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We're not told what Joseph was thinking, but you can be sure Joseph's pondering the same things. At night they're thinking, 
Whoa, this is so amazing. The shepherds came and the angels came from heaven and told the shepherds. And the shepherds came out of nowhere and found us here in this little stable. And they find us there laying just after the baby's born. God sent all this to announce it. And it's just reconfirming in their minds that Joseph and Mary saying, It is the Messiah. We heard the angel. You heard the angel. I heard the angel. And now the shepherds heard the angel. And they came and looked and rejoiced because the Messiah was born. We, have, we are the parents of the Messiah. And Joseph says, I will care for you and I'll care for that child just like he's mine. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to meet that need. And we find that some days later, Joseph eventually found a house for them in Bethlehem. And they stayed there for quite some time. We don't know exactly how long. Uh, but they didn't move back to uh, Nazareth right away. Perhaps because, you know, just give the poor mom and babe time to settle. Uh, or maybe they didn't want to go back to the scorn of Nazareth right away. Whatever the case may be, we know they stayed there for a while. And we know it wasn't more than two years, probably likely more like a year and a half or a year. Uh, because Herod, when he found out that the babe was in in Bethlehem, what did he do? He sent down and killed all the babies that were two years old and younger because of the dates and information that he got out of the wise men. So we, we know that Christ was not, not two years, probably quite a bit younger than that. Herod was just expanding it a bit to make sure he got him. And God was in control. Once again, another angel comes down to Joseph and says, Joseph, this, the wise men just left. They brought you all these treasures. Take them with you. Use them. You're going to need them for the trip. You're getting out of here. You need to go to Egypt right now because Herod's going to try to kill this babe. And so right then, that night, the shepherds or the wise men had just left their house there in Bethlehem and they head for Egypt. And they're headed down to Egypt and Joseph takes care of her down there in Egypt. And they're down there for several months. And then during that time, Herod, the king, died. And God sent another angel to Joseph and said, it's okay now, Herod's dead, you can go back to Israel. The babe will be okay. And they head back to Israel and they get back there, they're, they're headed back and Joseph's thinking, well, I don't know about this idea of going back to Bethlehem because, you know, that's pretty close to where maybe Herod's son is going to try to kill the babe too. And God gave him peace about going back to Nazareth. And they went back to Nazareth and Jesus was raised in Nazareth. And Joseph took care of him. Joseph met these needs because Joseph stepped in and cared. Now, all of this story, I want you to see it in a new light today. I want you to see it that all of this has information in it to help us. When God spoke to Joseph and Joseph found out what God wanted him to do, how did he respond? He obeyed. You know, there may be something right now, and you know deep down inside that God wants you to do, but you have not done it. I don't know what that may be, but something God has spoken to your heart about and says, this, you need to do that, and you, you are still fighting it, you're still resisting it, you're not doing what God wants. You need to do what Joseph did and said, I will obey even if it hurts, even if it shames me, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even if it costs me, I'm going to obey God. And that's what Joseph did. And it was a great blessing to see Joseph step out and say, I'm going to obey God, I'm going to do what's right, and God blessed him. And God did take care of that little one. You, you can be sure of that. He was concerned about his son. God was watching over them. God provided for Joseph and Mary. They never had much. They were poor. When it came time for them to 
offer their, the sacrifice, the, the part of the purification process. They offered the poorest of the poor offerings that could be offered because they didn't have much of anything, but God was taking care of them. God met their needs. And God will do the same for us. And so, folks, this Christmas time, I want us to just think about this man Joseph, his character, his righteousness, his obedience, his example to us. He's a great example for us to follow, but let's not forget beyond Joseph and beyond the examples and beyond the challenge to all of us, we need to remember the Christ in the center of it. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was born. And if you have never received Him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus is the Messiah. He is Jehovah, the salvation. He is the Savior of the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And He offers us eternal life. And He wants us to receive His eternal life. But it's our choice. If you've never received that, I urge you to do it today. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Make this Christmas the best one in your entire life. A time of receiving the greatest gift ever offered to mankind. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.